Big Fluff. What do you want from me? Tonight we can get that bastard. Tonight we can send Jason Voorhees straight to hell for all time. You don't need me for that. Yes, I do. Only through a Voorhees can he be reborn. And only a Voorhees can kill him. With that. No, I won't put my baby in any more danger. You will always be in danger until Jason is dead. He won't stop coming for you until he gets you, until he's reborn. And then he will kill you. And your baby. If you want this to be over, if you want your baby out of danger, then you will end it now. Before more people have to die like your friends, like your mother. Because until you kill him, it will never be over. Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. And it's October, and so that means we are watching spooky movies. Ooh. Spooky. Uh, and we decided this month to do a little bit of a theme of hell, because, you know, no reason. <laughs> Just something in 2022 about people living in hell appealed to us. It was it felt relatable. I don't know why. Something about people tempting fate and opening a worse hellscape on everything just seemed fitting. I don't know. Call me crazy. Uh, So we're starting with Jason Goes to Hell, the final Friday. Yep. Yeah, we are. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I love you, Joel, so much. (laughs) As the the, uh, Curiosos pointed out, we are slowly becoming a morning zoo show. So I... Which is the dream. Yeah, I'm adding... Let's be honest here. I'm adding to our sound effects because, uh, you know, I had so much fun last month with Nicolas Cage Month, and now I can no longer play this sound effect. Because you couldn't play that in October, and I'm really sad about that. Yeah, there's no no possible reason to play (laughs) beef in October. I can't think of a single reason. No. Um. No. So yeah. So we're uh we've another a hidden tradition in October for the Silver Lining Playback podcast has been we've always done a a a Friday the Thirteenth slash Jason movie. Yeah, we do have a soft spot on this show for Jason Voorhees for whatever reason. Perhaps, and maybe this is a starting point because he's the silliest of all of the 80 slashers. Yeah, well, and here's sort of the heartbreaking thing is that somehow we've done now three Jason movies, none of which have had the title Friday the 13th in it. Yeah, yeah. These were all after New Line Cinema acquired the rights and could not call them Friday the 13th. Because we obviously did... uh, the sequel to this movie, Freddy vs. Jason, and uh, the classic Jason X as the other ones. Which I forget. Do you remember where Jason X falls on the time? Is it after Freddy vs. Jason? Where does Jason X line up in the... I mean, obviously, I think... 
chron- chronologically <laughs> like it's well, in the future. Yeah. I mean, it's after Jason goes to court. That's all I know. Right. Which we established. Because he was arrested. Yeah. Which kind of plays into this movie to, yeah, our, our pitch, Jason goes to court. We're still uh, negotiating with Kane Hodder. We feel pretty good that we've come to terms. But uh, yeah, like that movie, uh, Jason X established that he had at some point been tried and found guilty. But in this movie... <laughs> This has another weird idea, which is that a government agency is hunting him. I guess after he went to New York, right? That, that made everyone. This movie aware. ignores. Um, there's a movie that comes after Jason Takes Manhattan that this movie ignores, and is more of a direct sequel to Jason Takes Manhattan. I hope we get to do that movie someday. By the way, because I want to once and for all determine who did a better job taking manhattan was it jason or was it the muppets i mean it was the muppets yeah Manhattan melodies is a great musical start to finish but i also in full disclosure i've never seen jason takes manhattan but i assume he gets hit on the head loses his memory and goes and gets an office job (laughs) while his mother is frantically searching the city to get him to go back to killing and doing a broadway musical and just murdering people along the way. Yeah. So that's what I'm going to assume that Jason Takes Manhattan is about. And if it isn't, it's the remake we're doing. <laughs> we're already, like I said, negotiating with Kane Hodder. So I feel really good about it. No, here's the movie. Jason Takes the Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> it's just Jason murdering like B-list Muppets. Well, and I mean, they always say that, right? That's like the Twitter thing of if you could ma- remake one movie... Where with only one human actor and all the rest of the characters are Muppets, what would it be? And yeah, it's Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's, there's no other answer. Yeah. If you're doing any other answer, you're wrong. Yeah. That, it, it, that, that question has a right answer. It may sound like a hypothetical, but it's not. <laughs> there's a correct answer to that question. But we'll save that for, I'm assuming, next year when we do Jason Takes Manhattan, because we're weirdly working our way backwards from the end of the Jason films. Well, I mean, considering the movies got, I think, steadily worse as they went on. Yeah. Well, debatable. I'd say this is worse than both Jason X and Freddy versus Jason. But oh, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, yeah. No, this is definitely worse than worse than both of those movies. So. Yeah, I, I saw again. I haven't seen all of the Jason films, but I saw a lot. The sentiment seems to be that this might be the worst Jason film in the franchise. And so far, I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, this one, um, it is the second worst performing after the fabled Jason Takes Manhattan. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it is the consensus, the, the bottom of the proverbial Crystal Lake. And maybe we should mention, too, at the top, before we really deep dive into this particular film, that one of the ideas floating around after Jason Takes Manhattan, before they settled on this, was Jason Takes L.A., where he was going to go to Los Angeles and get put in the... And I'm not... I swear to God, I'm not making this up. I know we pitch a lot of movies, but he was going to end up in the middle of a gang war and start killing gang members. And then the two gangs were going to team up to take down Jason, which I have to say sounds amazing. And I think we all yeah, lost. And it's called Leprechaun in the Hood. Yeah. I, I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if that is the script they shot. They just... 
They just every they just find replace Jason for Mark Davis, and they replace with like some witty line. Yeah, with like him talking shit. Yeah, I'm I'm ninety percent sure that that is the this. I've not seen uh, Leprechaun in the Hood, but I'm gonna assume that that's the plot of Leprechaun in the Hood. It sounds right. I also have not seen it, but let's assume. And I don't want to, I mean, I don't want to be corrected unless next year we're doing all urban versions of horror flicks and we do Leprechaun in the Hood along with Jason Takes Manhattan. I mean, honestly, write it down. It's not a bad pitch. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Here's the thing. Like, we've gotten really efficient. Like, we've gotten to the point that we're planning future episodes while recording episodes. Like, we're really just mastering this. Yeah. Which I can't say the same for the makers of... uh... Jason goes to hell. Where do you want to start? Because I think we could start with the title, which I think is a bad title. Yeah, because he doesn't go to hell until the very, very last frames of the movie. I mean, I don't know what movie you make when you call it Jason goes to hell. I assume that Jason is in hell. Uh, like, I, I picture it like Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Like, we see Jason Voorhees in hell being tortured in some way like maybe he's trying to kill people but they won't die or like and that's like his sisyphian task is that um he's can't kill anybody he has to walk up a hill but instead of a boulder it's two teenagers having sex and his machete is too dull to cut through them so he's just hacking away at them and also hockey players keep stealing his mask Okay, that's already a significantly better movie than this. Thank you. It was just top of my head. But yeah. Um, yeah, but then this movie... I assume it's also somewhat Little Nicky esque. And at some point, some of the, the demons in hell want to usurp their father, Satan, and they realize that an unstoppable killing machine is the perfect stooge to try to, you know, overthrow. The other demons in hell. Yeah. Instead, they didn't have a budget for anything but the first and last scene. So they made this movie. Yeah. Instead, some weird arms reach up through dirt and slowly lumberingly pull Jason down into that dirt. Yep. And we got a lot. I think they blew their budget on the glowing effects that they used. Uh, but anyway, so let's not talk about what this movie isn't. Let's talk about what this movie is, which is Well, I want to talk about one more thing that it isn't. Okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, I, I just, I, part of me just wants Jason Goes to Hell to be an existential crisis where he's used to being the most evil entity around, and then he goes to hell surrounded by other evil entities. So he just wonders, like, what's it all for? You know, and just has this, you know, so it's this like French New Wave, uh, like silent movie. I would totally watch. Okay, so what is the version? And again, I didn't know we were going to talk about Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey so much, but Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, if people don't know, is parodying uh, the film The Seventh Seal, right? Which is a film about a guy who's dying, and on the beach, he plays chess with death uh, in order, you know, for his soul. So we needed a version of that, and that because I love this idea of this like existential black and white Jason film. But what what's the version? Oh, maybe penalty throwing... shots. <laughs> Done. That was better than what I was gonna say. So they're shooting <laughs> penalty shots. Uh, He's got and, the goalie mask. Yeah, he has the goalie mask. Yeah, that's the thing. He's okay. That's what it is. So yeah, he's the goalie, and 
uh, Death, still played by the same guy whose name I'm blanking on from Bill and Ted. We get him. Uh, is just, yeah, taking penalty shots on Jason and he has to block them in order to, to save it. So, and then they switch and then Jason gets to take some shots. Right. On, on and he death. just peppers death. Yeah. Cause he's real good at books. it, but he's also, instead of a hockey stick, he's, he's aiming with his machete, which he's real good with. Right. Obviously that goes without saying. Okay. Now do we want to talk about what this movie is? Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, can you reset? Because I feel like we've wandered so far away. Can you just set it? What was the name of this movie again? Uh, Jason Goes to Hell the Final Friday. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, just wanted to reset. I felt like we were too far askew. So, okay. Yeah. So, uh, this movie is... Uh, it starts... With a typical Jason movie. Like, it starts with that, like, we... The Jasonist we, of Jason movies. I was going to say, like, we showed a bot eight Jason movies, and it spit out a script. Because it is just, girl is in woods, showering, and then naked. Murder. Murder. So, it's like, it's the... It's, it's someone writing a Jason movie that's not trying, is what the opening yeah. is. And that leads to uh, Jason falling into a sting, as he does. Which is a sweaty plan. Like, once you accept that, okay, this was actually a sting, they really left this girl out to dry. Because I would say 90% of the time, this plan ends with her dead. Well, they didn't show the other 12 times they tried. <laughs> also, uh, don't want to get too lost in the backstage things, but it also sounds like this director was a monster to this actual actor and treated her horribly on set as well. So bad all around. Yeah. Um, although I think it's actually the lead that quit acting because she hated the experience so much, not the actress from the opening scene. OK, well, he was bad to he the was women. A monster. He was, he was bad, bad to the to women. People. Yeah, I think we can. Yeah, just. And the weirdest. I, I don't know the weirdest part about that, but like he is like known for having a, a woman as a writing partner. So you think he would have a little bit of respect, but no, nope, no, no none, none whatsoever. He's uh, a monster. Yeah, but so so it's a sting and Jason wanders into the middle of a, a highly militarized uh just firing squad, I guess. Just, just yeah, like just a, a clearing, line. just set up to get yeah. straight, uh, just murked. Yeah, and so they destroy him. They leave very little of his corpse. Well, left. yeah, they they shoot him, pepper him with bullets, yeah. and then drop a bomb on him. Mm -hmm. Baby, and then uh, they then we go to the altar. This is all a cold open. <laughs> And then yeah. we get his autopsy, and at which point we were treated to a familiar face to this show. Uh, who's? Do you have his name in like in front of you? I meant to have it pulled up, but then are you talking about the the coroner? Uh, oh, the coroner is is uh, Richard Gant. It who, is uh, yeah. It's I, Richard Gant. Yeah. Richard Gant, who just popped up on this podcast recently. Playing uh, Lucius Sweet, Don King, whatever, yeah. in uh, Rocky only, Five. Only in America. Yep. 
Yeah. So he pops up. He's the coroner. And for reasons maybe you can explain them, he just sees Jason's heart and thinks, that looks delicious. And he takes a big bite out of it and eats it. Yeah. So... I was going to say, let's put a pin in this scene because this is my only silver lining in the movie. And that's the it's the funniest thing that's ever been put on camera. OK, we can come back to it. Um, no, just it's just so just weird and hilarious. He's just performing the autopsy. Uh, Richard Gant is a I think a talented actor, has good presence, um, you know, and is hamming it up in the scene and then just just chows down on the heart apropos of nothing. And it's hilarious. Yeah. And I lo- and it's my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yes. But then um, and then becomes possessed by Jason. Yes. Which, and then, which, yeah, I. I I don't know. Do we want to finish describing the plot or do we want to get into the like? Because at this point, as we said, it starts pretty cookie cutter. But then I don't it just becomes a different movie. I don't know what this movie is, but it's not a Jason movie. Like it's just doing a, a completely different. Thing. Yeah, it just becomes this sort of like possession, body switching kind of movie. And which watch Fallen. If you've never seen the Denzel Washington, John Goodman uh, class, underrated, underseen film Fallen. uh, It is actually one of my favorite movies. I love that movie so much. It does this of there is an entity that can pass from person to person, but is good. So... And isn't a Jason movie, so it makes sense that that's happening. Well, and like, I think there's an interesting movie to be made with the bones of this plot. I well, I think the problem is that it's it's sort of three different movies in a way, uh, yeah. which is you could do this idea. I I could be into it if if we did what we described before and I'm I'm just serious about this. Like if we actually saw Jason in hell and while he was in hell, he was finding a way to possess different people while battling whatever he was battling. I think that could have been interesting because as it is, I mean, again, I'm dropping his name a lot in this episode, but Kane Hodder who, you know, plays Jason in this movie and in most movies, he's barely in this. I think he He's at the beginning and the end, and that's it. He has very little screen time, which well, is and weird. And oddly enough, is actually on screen without the Jason makeup. Yeah, but I mean, as Jason, he has very little. But I know as Jason, he's in it very little. And yeah, I think they realized like, they were paying him, and they were like, I don't know, let's get him in here. <laughs> yeah, you can be a security guard that gets killed by Jason off screen, Yeah, I guess. But so, um, there's not much Jason, and I will say... So it's I, I'm down with with you with the idea of people being possessed. It's part of the problem is some people are better at doing it than others. Whereas uh, Richard Gant is an example. I thought he was the best at sort yeah. of understanding how to look lumbering and moving uh, methodically and all of that. Like when he, yeah, again, I <laughs> we're gonna be struggling when we get to the silver linings. But after he ate the heart and he walked out of the room. He conveyed, I am now Jason, very well. Right. In ways that nobody else did. Not even close. Nobody else. Yeah. And that's, so that's where I think the interesting movie is. That if you have people that aren't Jason, Jasoning around. Yes. Because they're possessed by Jason. And they can do the, like, the head turn and the lumber and the have the strength and the unstoppable killing machine-ness of Jason. That I think 
even if the acting was better, I think this movie, if the other people Jason's better than well, the people that Jason and have some fun with it. Maybe an old lady Jason's maybe, you right. know, you know, a toddler Jason's. Yeah, because the idea is that it's unexpected. Like, like, that's what they're trying to sell you on is anyone could be Jason. We'll explore that. Make anyone Jason, like have right. fun with it. And I don't think this movie has fun with that. So you have two problems. One, it, you've created a plot line that sidelines the best thing about these movies, which is the guy playing Jason Voorhees. The title character. And you've replaced it with a lot of people doing subpar versions of him. And then you're also not even having fun with that concept. Oh, my God. Then you have a hockey goalie get turned into Jason. Oh, my. Yeah. Why would you not? Or or you do the fake out and it's at a hockey game and they assume it's the goalie because he has a face mask. But the goalie is just a dick. And it's actually one of the goons who's in the penalty box. Genius. Yeah. Man, we should have written this. They they really we'll, should have hired we'll us. We'll write it. Yeah, we'll write it now. We'll make it now. <laughs> we'll make it and pretend it doesn't. It didn't actually exist. We'll call it Jason Goes to Hell. We'll just say it's a reboot. Like we rebooted this movie, but we made it different and better. Yeah, we made it good. Yeah, that's what we'll do. That's that's the SLP promise. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's that, and then i think the other problem and we can because i don't think we need to go beat for beat on the plot no. but no jason 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 possesses different people until he tries to possess a descendant of jason so he can be resurrected and then only a descendant because he heard from the opening that only a descendant can kill jason and so then that happens right which is what i want to say because i think this is the other thing we need to talk about is this movie just this movie feels like that kid on the playground that when you're playing is all of a sudden like you're like, I got you. And they're like, no, you didn't. I have a force field. And then they just like make up new rules. Right. And they're playing a complete. You're like, that's not what we're playing. We've all been playing this game and you're just going nuh-uh and you made up a new game. That's what this movie feels like, because it's like now Jason has relatives that he's never had before. He's got right. a whole extended family, apparently. Who knows what they've all been doing? They also seem to have no reaction to the fact that they're related to Jason. Like, did they yeah. care? Is it embarrassing? Did they change their last name from Voorhees because they don't want people to figure it out? Like, what is the reality of being Jason's niece or cousin or whatever she's supposed to? I don't know what the actual right. relationship it's, is. Uh, so Aaron Gray is Jason's sister. Which seems like that would have come up before. Yeah. It seems. But I guess not. Also, they can't get the mom back in any of these because they won't pay her. So we'll, we'll never see her again either. And bless her. Yeah. Bless her for saying, listen, here's here. She she just writes a dollar amount on a, on a piece of paper, slides it across the table. And it's never it's never what the people on the other side of the table can afford. And I love her for that. Yeah. I mean, look. I think she's perfectly fine not being in these. So make it worth it right. to her if you want her to show up. Uh, but yeah, so there's all of that. And then also there's this new character that's a serial killer hunter who also well, were like they're trying to they're retconning a lot about the character and trying to pretend like these things always existed, which again, I think maybe 
I, I, I don't know if it would have been a good idea, but I think if you did a more standard Jason is Jasoning, he doesn't body switch, but you want to introduce these elements. There is a hunter of serial killers who wants to finally kill him once and for all. And he figures out that the only way to do it is a family member, which is dumb. Can we just say that's dumb and that doesn't make any sense? Right. That Jason would have like... This movie feels like it was written by someone who fell asleep watching a marathon of Friday the 13th movies and just their brain, their subconscious brain just filled in a bunch of gaps with lore. They're like, that must be it. Well, and then like Highlander came on <laughs> like yeah, and while they were asleep. It, right. Because <laughs> it was it was it was on Hulu. So it was just Hulu autoplay and, and Highlander was the next thing. And they were like, well, that must be part of the lore. Then you have to cut off a Jason's head in order to be the only Jason. Right. If you want to be the Jason, you have to Jason the Jason. Yeah. Uh, but well, and that's the other thing is there was like a deleted subplot where the serial killer hunter was essentially ripping off Quint from Jaws. And even so much as stealing the lines like you want the mask, you want the machete, you want the whole thing. It'll yeah. cost you. Well, um, and there was the whole backstory about how he was on. Uh, the USS Kansas, which uh, was uh, shipwrecked, and then they were all in the ocean. No, it an, and, it, it and was an a army of, convoy. It was an that, army convoy, that, and then that, a bunch that, of Jasons it, <laughs> descended it, it upon it broke them. down in the middle of the woods, and a yeah. bunch of Jasons came out and killed everyone. <laughs> and killed everyone around it. <laughs> that was the backstory. <laughs> uh, but no, the actual deleted bit, like the cut backstory, was that his girlfriend was one of Jason's first victims. Sure. And they just, and that's why he wanted revenge on Jason. So he dedicated his whole life to hunting other people who Jason. weren't him and then eventually getting around to right. hunting him. You had to work up to it. Yeah. It, uh, this movie's dumb and bad. But yeah, point being, so you're retconning all of this stuff about uh, like how to kill Jason and blah, blah, blah. And then also, Jason's not in the movie and it's a body switching you know, like demon possession type of movie. So like it feels like a movie. It's a Jason movie made by someone who didn't want to make a Jason movie. And oh basically- God, you know, here's the movie. <laughs> Sorry. Last pitch. I okay. Promise. Okay. So Jason's in hell, right? Okay. And he finds ways to possess people in the real world to get out of hell in order to try to bring himself back. And the person that he possesses in the real world is in his body in hell. It's like Quantum Leap. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. it it's yeah. So and he has to like, set wrong what's going right in order to the hoping that the next leap will be the leap out of hell. Yeah. I'd watch that. Yeah, that's, yep. Actually, you know what? Can I do another pitch? Because why not? Yeah. Because I had a moment. I don't know if you had this moment, but the. The end of the the film, the last shot is the hockey mask, and then uh, Freddy's glove comes up to grab it and pull the mask down to hell, and you get a Robert England laugh. But before that, a dog finds the mask, and I don't know if you had this thought, Andy McIntyre, but I certainly thought there's nothing in the rule book that says that a dog can't be Jason Voorhees. So I was really hoping that the dog was going to touch the mask, like a little spark was going to go off and we were going to get a dog in a hockey mask murdering people. And I mean, this is off the top of my head, but 
called like air bloody. I don't know. That's just I think just air, air blood. blood. Air blood. Air blood. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there's nothing there's nothing in the rule book that says that a dog can't be Jason. Yeah. So air blood. blood. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But anyway, uh, let's reset. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Jason goes to hell the final Friday. Okay. And how it's dumb and bad. Yes. Uh, um, can we also? Yeah. The, oh, go I, ahead. Well, I want to say I don't know what else is jumping out at you, but there's like definitely one particular thing that drove me crazy watching this whole movie that we need to talk about before we pivot. So Sean Cunningham is that he's the guy who made this. He has a weird belief that actors take too long to leave scenes and to hit their cues, and so. Because of that, his solution was to shoot at 22 frames per second instead of 24 frames per second, which effectively makes everything slightly faster. It, it's like just a little bit. It's kind of like if you were listening to this podcast on 1.5 instead of one. Like, it's just a little we don't sound like chipmunks, but like you're moving faster. Yeah. And so he that's how he shot this movie. Which is a really weird choice. And they, it created a bunch of problems, which one of which is that they were trying to make a 90 minute movie and it ended up being an 80 minute movie because everything happened faster. But also, and you can kind of, if you listen, you can tell that all the dialogue has to then be slightly sped up to match. Right. So they have to match the dialogue. So everyone's talking Almost like they're in an old like newsreel or something like, hey, Jason's coming and we got to get him. Hey, like everyone's talking way too like fast. Extra, extra. There's a Jason on the loose. So you have that. And then I think the worst for this movie, because this is a particular pet peeve of mine and I will own it. But again, Kane Hodder, one of the all time greats at playing a big hulking killing machine. You sped him up like he's supposed to be slow and lumbering. And he's moving faster in this movie because of the dumb way that you shot it. And I did not like that. Yeah, it was like, not only is this movie just dumb and bad plot wise, like it's dumb and bad technically. And that's just a utterly bizarre, unforced error <laughs> yeah. because of some weird quirk of this weird man that made this movie. Yeah, it's it's silly and yeah, it's 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 dumb and it's bad and it shouldn't be like that. There also there seems like there was a lot of other behind the scenes stuff of he didn't watch dailies. They didn't really know what they shot. Some of the stuff there was other things that were dropped, like you were saying with plot lines and stuff. And some of them were dropped because like they didn't film what they needed to film. So like right. they had to there wasn't enough coverage. There yeah. wasn't. Yeah, they had to do reshoots. They had to work with what they had. They had to piece stuff together. So like. Yeah, there. Who knows if there is a good version of this movie? But a big part of the problem is like what was delivered to the editor <laughs> was well, not. There wasn't a good version of this movie because a lot of it didn't get shot correctly. But I'm saying if they had shot the script, like ah, that yeah, was yeah, meant yeah. to okay. be shot. Like I don't know if they had gotten every shot that they needed to and made the script as written. If it would have been good, but they did. I'm going to go as far to say that the best version of this movie still shows up on this podcast. Oh, 100 percent. What we just pitched is better than whatever they would have shot. 
Yeah. But I'm saying like, yeah, this movie, this movie was never going to be no. good. No, it's a weird choice. They should have made Jason goes to L.A. That's really the honest truth of it. Yeah. Or deliver the name on the tin and is having an L. Yeah. Also would have been into that, but we didn't get either of those. No, we got we got none of those things. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Do you have anything else that you want to malign before we dig down deep into hell to pull some <laughs> silver lining out into the light? It's just all dumb, bad, like lazy movie making stuff at this point. So, yeah, let's try to pivot. I already said, uh, I think the single greatest scene in the history of cinema is when Richard Gant eats that heart. He look. A lot of people have eaten hearts on screen, but none of them gave us what Richard Gant gave us. Yeah, he he ate that heart like it was the only food he'd had in years and years. If you can pardon the pun, he made a meal of it. <laughs> he really put his heart into it. He really he put his heart into it. <laughs> and he ate that heart and he became jason voorhees in front of our eyes he does the best work in the movie of anybody he really does you know like the that scene when he eats the heart is just utterly hilarious because he performed the autopsy very poorly well which is kind of funny but also i mean it's a secret like, autopsy. No, it it's a secret autopsy and there isn't really much to no, like yeah he's like you want to talk about the like actors? We often reward actors giving the exact performance that the movie deserves, and that's Richard Gant in this movie. Because um, like he knows how absurd it is that he's performing an autopsy on Jason M.F. and Voorhees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and is just yucking it up through the whole thing, uh, and then the heart starts beating. Yes, and that slowly like hypnotizes him into. Uh, eating the heart and it just and then like he jason's the best of anybody else that jason's in this movie yeah no he he becomes he, rigid he his he posture is is rigid and he like marches out of that room methodically ready. like he doesn't turn his neck he turns his whole like upper body to like look side to side he does all the things that you want like your lumbering unstoppable killing machines to do i think he studied tape I think so, too. Yeah. I think he actually put the work in. Uh, all right. I you know, I do have another silver lining and it's <laughs> it's not intended. It's definitely unintentional comedy. But I did find it funny how so we're getting this editing. And who knows? Maybe this was one of those situations where they didn't get all the shots that they needed. So they had to fill in. But I swear to you, they are just cutting back to the same shot of our hero reaching under a, a bureau to get the dagger for what feels like 10 minutes where yes. it's not that far from her hand <laughs> and she's just reaching and then carnage is unsuing behind her and she's still reaching for the dagger and i swear to you it's the same shot every time like three or four times and it made me laugh it's probably not supposed to make me laugh but i no, thought it was really great. funny yeah yeah, it, in talking about this, I thought of two more things to malign, and I, I don't know if I, 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 I see. Think we, I, I think I, we have to. I thought of more things to malign too, but 
Okay, well... And we'll end it on a positive note. Okay, we'll so find, We'll end positive. We don't so, normally... Do, but you know what? Maybe this is fitting for a serial killer movie because we thought we were in the end. We thought we had gotten past the darkness and then those uh, things that need to be maligned just sat back up and are coming at us again. So... Yeah. Okay. So... The first one is is definitely something I think is malign worthy. The other one might be in the liminal space, like one of those unintentional. Okay, so give me the first one, and then I have one, and then we'll do what is your liminal space one, and then we can okay. hopefully go back. So, uh, there's a character in the movie named Robert Campbell, mm-hmm. which is, is yeah, is supposed to be an homage to Robert Englund and Bruce Campbell. Yep. Name him Bruce Englund. One hundred percent better name. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? That was the whole thing? Like that, it's just so stupid to me that they, they didn't do that. Oh, I agree. I agree with that. Okay. Here's another one too, because we, we were talking about how great, obviously, that Richard Gant was. At the end, right, and it's like right after that, the clip that we played at the beginning, multiple characters show up uh, and she has to try to decide which one is Jason Voorhees. This really annoyed me because up until this point, it's pretty clearly established that if you are possessed by him, you are just a nonverbal hulk. You're a hulk. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently for this final scene, you can hold a conversation and be normal, even though you're Jason, which is not a thing that Jason can do. So I hated that. And I just want to also mention that, that I hated that. Yeah. Um, the liminal space is weird lizard baby Jason monster. Is that supposed to be his heart? I don't know. I don't know what is happening. Yeah, because so again, so it's he he eats the heart and then it's up until that. It, it felt like the heart like came whatever he ate was like coming out of his mouth, almost like a baby bird. That the way that yeah. you then become Jason is that previous it, Jason. It body. was like that episode of South Park when people were pooping out of their mouths is really what it looks like. Yeah, that basically you you throw up the bits of the heart into the next guy's mouth and then he becomes Jason. Seemed how it worked. I also. There's, and then, he, th- then when he slashes the in the scene you're talking about the Jason's throat. And his apparently his neck was full of fettuccine. <laughs> he had eaten some fettuccine <laughs> when when he was swallowing the heart. And so it hadn't had time to go down his esophagus. So that all spilled out. Mm-hmm. I also. So can you explain this to me? What nope. happened in the basement? So the this character's mother, who is a Voorhees, who I guess we're saying that she's Jason's sister or whatever the yes. logic is. So she's just dead in the basement of this house next to where the dagger lands after 10 minutes of trying to retrieve it from under the dresser. And uh, then we have a moment where it's like, wait, he can possess any Voorhees and come back. And it's like, yeah. And then they realize like they don't have to be alive. And so it's like, but then he's just Jason. Like he's not. How did what happened? What happened there? So like this corpse I guess the the lizard monster crawls into it and then that body immediately turns into Jason, including the clothes and the hockey mask. Yep. Okay. I just wanted to check. So that's what happened. Yeah, that's that's what we're going with. And he's not better. Like he's not <laughs> he's not like the first movie Jason. He's the Jason from this movie. Like he he's not healthier. He's not like less decomposed. The mask yep. isn't in better shape. He's just resets to the last 
version of himself before he died. Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, so I guess we're back to Yeah. That's to, that's the jump scare. Is so all we that stabbed nonsense. him in a heart and uh a glitter rainbow shot out of our dagger or whatever was happening right. with those effects. Yeah. And then And it was like pew pew pew. I feel like also happened every time they yes. used that dagger. And then stuff shot into the sky because, you know, he's going to hell. So let's shoot things into the sky and yeah. then have them go down. Not down. That's first. where hell is. <laughs> hell is where you make it. Yeah, that's I think that's 2022 slogan. <laughs> <laughs> OK, so we've reset. We're back in the silver linings. I mean, so here's my silver lining. I got one. Okay, good. Because I was vamping, but I was like, maybe yeah. by the time I stop talking, it'll, nope. it'll come to me. Uh, but go, go for and it. And so, uh, the hand that occupied the razor glove was Kane Hodder, making Kane Hodder the only person to play both Freddy and Jason. That's fucking cool. That is cool. And is he the only person that has played Freddy and Jason and been killed by Jason? I mean, he'd have to be because he's the only. Well, yeah, because he's he hits the first two and he's the only one to hit the first two. So he's definitely hit all of them. I think has he been killed by Freddy? Now, that's the question. And if he has, then he's really done it. Yeah, that would be. Because I know Robert Englund has not been killed by... Or no, Robert Englund has been killed by Freddy in Wes Craven's uh, New Nightmare. But he hasn't played Jason. But he hasn't played Jason. Yeah. So get with the program, Robert Englund. Yeah. I also... How about this for Silver Lining? Kane Hodder. You know, there's, there was a whole story about him that essentially... he So he's really burned. Like he... Uh, he had got, a stunt go awry. He had a stunt go awry and he's burned on his neck. And there's a story that... Essentially, I think it was on the filming of this, or maybe it's just in general, but it was in the trivia for this, that there was a little kid that saw his burns and uh, were the kid was kind of freaked out. And then he had a heart to heart with him and explained what happened and was very sweet and sort of used it as this teaching moment to explain like, yeah, this is a thing that happened to me. It happens to some people, uh, you know, have different appearances because of things. And it was this very sweet moment, which means the Kane Hodder is a large hulking man named Kane who was burned who is not a horrible monster in the real world in their political beliefs we did it <laughs> silver linings playback is a production of hobotrashcan.com if you enjoyed the show please rate or review it on apple podcasts hear more great shows on the peak sloth podcast network like this one Hi, everyone. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Stephanie Smar. And this is Stephanie Knows Some Shit, where every week we are going to tap into Stephanie's brain and share with you some of the insight that she has about cooking, shopping, Top Chef, all of the things that you want to know. Yeah, we're going to tell some stories, enjoy some time together, and really dive into the things that you might be afraid to Google. We might have the answer. I actually, I'm pretty confident we do. 